chapter number 4. Look at 2 Kings chapter number 4. We're going to begin in verse number 25. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse number 25. So she went, there was a woman, she, she had a, a, a kid that was in bad shape, uh, assumed dead. She went and came to the man of God, to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with thy child? And she answered, It is well. And she came to the man of God to the hill, and she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her. And the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. And she said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, Gird up thy loins, and take my staff in thy hand, and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. If any salute thee, answer him not again. Lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child. But there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again unto him and told him, saying, The child is not awakened. Gehazi was, was Elisha's servant, and we read several things about him. He's mentioned in the Bible a couple of times. But, but he took Elijah's staff at this point and went to try to, to, try to heal or rather to try to raise from the dead uh, this man, uh, this woman's child. And whenever he did this, uh, a lot of times in our life, we'll take things that, that we think will help, things that we think are important, things that we think are special, things that we think make a really, really big difference in our life. And at the end of the day, they're just a stick. Now, I have no doubt in my mind that the staff that Gehazi brought was a great staff. Y'all ever had you a really good walking stick? Those of you that hike in the mountains, y'all have them that you grab way up here like this and, and you hike in the mountains? My grandpa had the kind that was curved at the top and, and that, that way you could lean on them. And they make great walking sticks. And in all reality, that's about all they're good for. The best, the best staff that he could find, and this was Elijah's staff. The best staff that he could find, that Gehazi went in the power of this staff. Now this is a piece of molding. As molding goes, as far as quarter round goes, this is a beautiful specimen. Not a scratch on it. Primed already. Perfect on the end to end. It's even splined on this end so you can splice it together. But as far as salvation goes, how much good will this do you? As far as healing your sickness goes, how much good will this do you? So Gehazi went in the power, not of the power of the Lord, but in the power of what he had with him. He depended on the staff that was in his hand rather than on God. I saw this one day this week, so I printed it out. So things that won't get you into heaven. There's 14 of them. Things that will not get you into heaven. You know the list is a lot longer than this. Things that will not get you to heaven. Things that you cannot hold on to for salvation. Things that in reality may be good. Gehazi's staff was a good staff. But it wasn't good for, for, for raising the dead back to life. It wasn't good for salvation. It wasn't good. What did it take? Well, let's go ahead and read it. 
What did it take to bring this child back to life? Gehazi passed before him, verse 31, and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awakened. Gehazi went in the power of the staff, in the power of the totem, in the power of, of what he had with him and what he thought would work. And when Elisha was coming to the house, behold, the child was dead, laid upon his bed. And he went therefore, shut the door upon him twain, and prayed unto the Lord. There was no power in the staff. The power was in the Lord. There was no power in the stick. The power is in the prayer of faith that Elijah prayed. And he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands and stretched himself upon the child in the flesh of the child waxed warm. And when he returned and walked into the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him, the child sneezed seven times and opened his eyes just as alive as he could be. That staff was powerless in raising a child from the dead. This morning, what kind of staff are you depending on? What, what are you depending on to get you into heaven? And I want to ask everyone, where is your hope in eternal life? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand this morning, but if, if you do believe that you are going to heaven, why do you have that belief? Why do you have that hope? What is it that you're holding on to? Because all down through time, and still today, people hold on to good works. People hold on to baptism. People hold on to church attendance. People hold on to charity. People hold on to feeding the poor. People hold on to going to mass. People hold on to the rosary, communion. People hold on to their parents and their grandparents and who they were and what kind of influence they had. They hold on to the clergy. Well, this person prayed for me and this preacher prayed for me. Maybe I'll get there. They hold on to political affiliations. They hold on to positive thinking and think that being a good person is going to get me all the way to heaven. Folks, <coughs> It's not. It's not. And if you're holding on to any of those, you are holding on to a staff that is nothing more than a piece of wood. It is good for nothing. It is good for absolutely nothing. This morning I want to look at seven staffs that people hold on to. Seven things that they grab a hold to for salvation. And at the end of the day, whenever it comes right down to judgment, it's Jesus or perish. That's it. It's Jesus or perish. So this morning, if you're holding on to anything for salvation, and, and I don't know what's on your heart, uh, a lot of you, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what you're holding on to for salvation. But if it's not the blood of Jesus Christ, it's not going to hold up. It's, it's not going to survive. It's, it's not going to make it. This morning, are you holding? Are you holding on to the staff that you were raised in church, and I've never missed a service? And then whenever the preacher said, it's time for me to get saved, I said, hey, preacher, I want to get saved. And so he baptized me. This morning, do you have an experience in the church or you do have an experience with Jesus? Because there's a big difference in the two. There's a very, very big difference in having an experience in church and, and living in church and believing that you're good enough because you've always been in church and having an experience with the Son of God. There's a big difference in the two. My wife was in this particular situation. I don't believe she would mind me sharing it. She was baptized and told that she was saved as a kid. Probably, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years old. And they were having a revival at the First Baptist Church of Ruston. 
when Jerry Blackwell was preaching. We were in college. I don't may have been sophomore, junior year, somewhere around there. And we got out of church, and, and, and she was very, very quiet. We came back to, to drop her off at her apartment. She said, I just got saved. I'm sitting here. I've been dating a saved girl for two years now. She said, I just got saved. She was holding on to the fact that she was baptized as a kid. She was holding on to the fact that somebody told her she was saved as a kid. People in my family have gone through the same situation because somebody said, you're good. Those exact words, you're good. If somebody told you you're good and that's what you're holding on to, let me assure you, you're not. If you're holding on to a preacher saying, you're good, don't worry about it. You're not good. You're not good. That staff is going to get you all the way to hell. That belief, that hope that you're holding on to, what somebody told you is going to get you all the way to hell. It's not going to get you to hell. Church attendance and being raised in church is a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. A lot of times it's even an advantage because in the back the kids are taught about Christ. In the back the kids are taught about salvation. But, but, but if you never believe, it don't matter what you know. Can we get our heads around that just for a minute? If you don't believe that Jesus Christ came to die for your sins, if you don't believe that you were a sinner in need of that salvation, if you don't believe that God raised him from the dead, if you don't believe that he suffered hell for you so you wouldn't have to, and if you don't believe in him to the saving of your soul, it don't matter how much you know about God because a lot of people hold on to the staff of biblical knowledge. They say, I'm good because I know the Bible. My friend, you can memorize this holy Bible from front to back and still die and go to hell. People do it all the time. People do it all the time. Knowing your Bible don't save you. Memorizing your Bible while it is wonderful, while it is awesome, while it is commanded of God is not salvation. It comes after salvation. Salvation is through Jesus Christ, the one, the only way. There, there is no alternative. Folks will say, well, I pray a lot. I pray a lot. This morning's Sunday school lesson was on worshiping God in spirit and in truth. And Brother Terry said, well, the, the truth is in nobody Dean said. And Brother Terry held up his Bible. He said the truth is in God's word. What does it mean to worship him in spirit? Whenever we're saved, we have the Holy Spirit to come and dwell within us so we can then worship God as a spirit because He is a spirit. But those of you who are not saved, those who are lost, can they worship God in spirit? Other than the prayer of salvation, can they reach God with a prayer? Study on that one. That, 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 that last question is a deep study. A prayer of salvation, a prayer of faith, in Jesus Christ can get you to heaven. But praying to God to help you be a good person can. Praying to God to give you strength and to give you knowledge and to give you wisdom outside of Jesus Christ, prayer does absolutely nothing to get you to heaven. I, I, I pray fervently all the time. A rich man came to Jesus. He said, I've, 
He said, I've kept all of these commandments all of my life. These have I done since I was a kid. These have I done since I was a child. I have not stolen. I have not committed adultery. I have loved my neighbor as myself. And Jesus said, thou shalt not enter into the kingdom of God. This morning he was depending on good works. You can be as good a person as you want to be and die and go to hell. You can be the awfulest person to have ever walked the face of the earth and die and go to hell. It don't matter the way that you live. If you die without Jesus, you're going to hell. Period. End of story. You can be the best person that has ever lived and you believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to heaven. You can be the worst person that has ever walked this earth and if you believe in Jesus Christ, you'll die and go to heaven. It does not matter the way that you live. If you die with Jesus, with faith and trust in Him, you will go to heaven. Period. The thief on the cross said, Jesus... Father, Master, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Jesus said, this day shalt thou be with me in paradise. This day. He told the woman at the well. He said, I'll give you this living water. Go and sin no more. He healed the man on the Sabbath day. He said, thy sins be forgiven of thee. Jesus can wipe it away. Jesus can knock it out, not because of who we are, but because of who He is. Not because of what we've done, but because of what He did. It has nothing to do with us outside of a prayer of, a prayer of faith in that Jesus Christ. This morning, what are you holding on to for salvation? What are you holding on to? A lot of you grew up deer hunting as, as kids, I'm sure. Where we hunted down at Barnado, the river got in there and flooded it every year. So whenever we got ready to go deer hunting, Daddy would make us climb the deer stands. We made them out of two before. And so whenever we're two before, stay underwater all winter, you kind of know what happens to them. So whenever we would go down there and, and we get ready to climb up deer stands, Daddy would send one of us up. Because he knew them boards was kind of on the verge of rotting and so we kicked the first one, and, and it seemed okay, so we'd jump up on it, and we'd grab the second one. And then we'd pull on it a little bit, and, and then we'd work our way on up, just making sure that what we were putting our hand on was going to hold us. This morning, that is all that I'm asking, is that you make sure what you're putting your hands on is going to hold you. The furthest I ever fell was three steps. The fall in the hill is a lot further. It's going to hurt a lot more, and it's going to last a lot longer. What are you holding on to for salvation? Is it church membership? There's a lot of people in hell right now that was, their name was all over church roads. One of them, two of them, three of them. They was a member of all sorts of churches, and you die without Jesus. It don't matter if you own membership or not. It don't matter if you've been baptized four times. It don't matter if, if you come before the church every day. If you die without Jesus, you're going to hell. If you die without Jesus, you're going to fall. Because holding on to church membership ain't going to get you there. This morning, church membership is important. It is good. It is great. It is wonderful. It is a doctrine taught in God's Word. But it is not salvation. It will not get you to heaven. Don't hold on to that. Don't hold on to that. Are you holding on to connections to family to preachers I heard a guy say one time I, I, I'm not 100% sure which religion it is but one of them says that whenever someone dies 
their family takes the priest or the preacher or the bishop or whoever a bunch of money and hands it to him and says, here, I want you to pray my kid in heaven. This morning, it don't matter what preacher you're connected to. It don't matter who your daddy, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, whoever was. It don't matter what kind of bloodline you have going through you. It don't matter political connections. It don't matter who is praying for you. If you are holding on to that for salvation, you're going to lift your eyes in hell. It does not matter who you have on your side. Can we all agree that Judas had the best preacher ever walked the earth? Judas still failed because he was holding on to greed, to money, to lies, to flesh. Judas had the best preacher. Judas was a, 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 a supposed disciple under Jesus Christ. And he still was aired away rather than having faith and trust in the one and the only. He held on to money. He held on to greed. He held on to flesh. He held on to everything that would get him everywhere but heaven. This morning, are you holding on to... Are you holding on to what somebody told you? Are you holding on to a, a prayer that you pray that may or may not get you there? This morning, do you know that you're going to heaven? We can convince ourselves of a lot of things. We really can. We do it all the time. We convince ourselves that we were right in doing this. We convince ourselves that, well, 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 this could have happened. Or this should have happened. Or we can, conv we can convince ourselves that this tastes good. Y'all do that when you first got married? Ask for seconds. You can convince yourself that it tastes good. You can convince yourself that it's okay. You can convince yourself that you're doing all right. You can convince yourself that it's all going to work itself out. This morning without Jesus Christ, it is not going to work itself out. Gehazi had the, the, one of the, the best prophets of God, one of the most powerful men with God as his master. He had the staff in his hand that Elijah had done all sorts of miracles with, but there was no power in the staff. There was no power in the staff. The power was in God. Gehazi was holding the staff. So what happened whenever Gehazi tried to use the staff? Nothing. This morning, if you're holding on to prayer, if you're holding on to church membership, if you're holding on to good works, if you're holding on to what a preacher told you, if you're holding on to repeating after me, if you're holding on to I'm going to live good enough, if you're holding on to, well, this person is praying for me and that person is praying for me, if you're holding on to what I was raised in church, I've never missed. If you're holding on to, I, I have memorized the scripture. Whenever you try to use that, it's, it's not going to do any good. Gehazi took that staff and laid it on that kid and said, get up. It didn't work. You're going to bring all of these things that you think works for salvation. You're going to bring all of these things that you have been holding on to all of your life. You're going to bring all of these things that you thought was going to get you into heaven and you're going to come before God and He's going to say, Depart. I never knew you. Depart. I never knew you. And those are going to be the most terrifying, devastating words that you've ever heard and that you will ever hear. Because there is nothing worse than eternal separation from a merciful God. There's no kind of 
pain or torture or distress or awful anything that's worse than hell for all eternity. Because the Bible said, Jesus said, that whenever the rich man lift his eyes in hell, that he saw Lazarus. He said that he remembered that he had brothers living back on this earth. He had full memory of what he had done. He said, if you'll get these people to get, get, get Moses and get the prophets and, and raise them from the dead. Raise Lazarus from the dead. Get, get him to go back and preach. Raise Lazarus from the dead. Let him go tell them. The man knew he had opportunity to believe in Jesus. The man knew what he realized. What, what, what he realized was he held on to everything but Jesus. And this morning, every single person that's lifted their eyes in hell, they believe in Jesus now. They believe. The Bible says that one day every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. But at that particular time, it is too late. One more thing we want to cover this morning is there is a big difference in believing that God is real. Believing that His Word is true. Believing that His Son existed. And believing His Son for salvation. All of my life, since I was yay big, never would you have ever convinced me that God did not exist. It was not going to happen. And most of you is probably the same way. These little kids in here that was back there singing Chain Breaker this morning, you're not going to convince them that God don't exist. They'll argue with you. You're not going to convince them that Jesus is not real. You're not going to convince them that Jesus cannot save. You're not going to convince them that God is not as miraculous as we read about and as we see in our life. This morning, it don't matter how much you believe in God. It don't matter how true that you believe this Bible is. If you go without Jesus Christ, you're going to lift your eyes in hell. Period. You can go to hell believing the Bible is real. You can go to hell believing that God is real. You can go to hell believing that Jesus came to this earth. Until you believe Jesus Christ for salvation. He's the only thing that you can hold on to to get you to heaven. He's the only thing. That's it. Everything else that you grab onto will break. You will fall. It will hurt. Forever and ever, amen. It will never slow down. It will never slack up. There will never be a drop of water. This morning, let me introduce you to Jesus. In the book of Romans, chapter number 7, Paul said, O wretched, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? He said, I thank God that through Jesus Christ our Lord, through Jesus Christ our Lord, we are delivered from this body of death. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we are delivered from death unto life. 
And that is the only way. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved this morning. Recognize and realize that you're a sinner. I believe that we're all in that place. That we know that we're sinners. That we know that we've done wrong. That we know that we have disobeyed the law of God. That we know that we cannot save ourselves. That we know that that good works and baptism and church membership and Mama and Papa can't save us. This morning, believe in Jesus who can. All these other things are going to let you down. Jesus won't. Believe that you're a sinner. Repent of your sins and call upon the name of the Lord. And God, for Jesus' sake, will save you this morning. He's promised us that. Don't hold on to all these other things. There was no power in the staff. There is power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, we have a verse of song, or I ask for a verse of invitation. Someone has something.